Assistant News Editor, and today's guest is Student Body Vice President Mia Connell. We talked about a bunch of great things, including what it's like to be Vice President, the Executive Branch of Student Government, and the implications of the word Dixie. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Mia Connell. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, My name is Mia. I am a junior studying sociology. I just sent in my coda to add political science as a double. Um, Originally, I'm from Greenville, North Carolina. I lived there since I was seven, Um, but I always knew I kind of wanted to leave Greenville, and Raleigh was definitely my first choice, uh, in-state first choice, um, because my sister lived here, and it was definitely NC State over Meredith for me. So what inspired you to run for vice president? Well, I've been involved with student government since my first year. Um, I've always been involved with Senate, so I did a lot of bill writing and legislative process and debate, and I really enjoyed that. But um, the executive branch was something that definitely had an interest for me as well because they are the initiative side of student government. Um, They're able to have a little more hands-on impact with the student body and I felt there was areas of the executive branch that were kind of falling flat. Um, My first year, our president and vice president were not very attentive in terms of Senate. They weren't present ever um, in terms of coming to Senate meetings, um, reporting on their initiatives and reporting what was going on. Um, My second year was a little bit better. Um, The president and vice president were present a little more often, president more so than the vice president. And... Um, Vice president was a newer role that was created in order to um, lead the executive branch. So I was kind of curious on why essentially the figure of the executive branch was missing and not really taking up that role. I saw chief of staff and executive assistant filling a lot of the um, requirements that the vice president was supposed to be doing. So I wanted to, I knew that I'd be willing to commit myself fully to that role. And it's a paid position. It's, you know, given a lot of responsibility. and. I was willing to actually do what the role is required. So I was very excited to run and then eventually win because now in the role, I think it's actually being fulfilled correctly. And our executive branch is extremely successful this year, which I hope is creating a standard for future years. So what does the average day in the life of a vice president look like? Sure. Um, I wake up um, on... Mondays and Wednesdays, I go to yoga. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I run. I then have class. I keep my class schedule pretty short in terms of it ranges from about 10 to max 2 p.m. Middle of the day, I usually go and do office hours. And then after class, I am always back in the suite, um, the student government suite. And I either do more office hours or depending on the day, we have meetings. So no matter what, Wednesdays, I have cabinet. Um, Mondays, every other currently um, have initiative meetings. Tuesdays, I, it just depends. Um, But I have a lot of meetings in the afternoons. Um, And then typically I get done with the meetings. I spend some time on homework. I go home. I watch Lost, (laughs) some Netflix, and uh, try to get some sleep before the next day. What accomplishment have you been most proud of in your time as vice president so far? Definitely um, the structure that we've created for the departments. Um, I've been able to see all of our departments at least take on a minimal, like each department take on at least one initiative or program. And 
That's something that hasn't been seen in past years. Um, we're on track for everyone to really accomplish a lot more than previous years. So I'm really proud of each of the directors and the way they've stepped up to the role of directing their departments, creating departments, um, creating structure. Um, a lot of them had nothing to go off of. There was no transition documents from previous directors. Two of the um, departments are, com or three of the departments are completely brand new in terms of philanthropy and service out of that service component, sustainability, it's their first year, and then graduate student relations, it's their first year. So I'm really proud of the way that they've been able to create that structure for their own department and in turn the way we've all been able to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, work together really well as a cabinet. Um, from previous years, we've just been told that we're a much more cohesive cabinet and supportive cabinet and we all you know, attend one another's initiatives and take part in the programming, um, or we don't really program, but take part in one another's initiatives or programs or events um, in a really supportive capacity. So I think we're a much more cohesive cabinet this year. What's been your biggest shortcoming in your time as vice president so far? Right. Um, one thing that is hard about creating that structure for the first time is it feels like there's constantly something new I could be doing. Um, I really have been kind of playing catch up the whole time. So I feel like I haven't really ever been like ahead of the game. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had to create this whole, um, I had to create the whole agenda in terms of our retreat. I had to then create, oh, well, here's a budget list or here's how to create a budget. Here's how to create an initiative. Here's how to go about contacting administrators. So I feel like I'm constantly trying to catch up in order to provide everyone with the resources they need. Um, so I feel like I'm never able to just relax. So I guess my biggest shortcoming is I wish I could be providing more resources. Um, specifically right now, I'm working on transition documents. I haven't been able to, I didn't have time to get that. Um, or transition documents slash post-evaluation. So I ideally would have been able to give everyone a post-evaluation after every initiative. And um, I haven't been able to do that just with the timeline of everything. And so working on doing that over the break as well as transition documents before election season. Any big plans for the rest of your time in office? Yeah. Um, right now, um, I'm working on a team with about six other students for um, the PAC Bleeds Route Initiative. Um, it was a line item that was put into our budget last year by a graduate student or advocated for by one of our graduate students for free menstrual hygiene products. Um, she initially wanted them in the libraries. Um, We've kind of refocused that shift and we're going to do the pilot program in Tally Student Union. So that'll be starting ideally at the beginning of second semester. We do have to get approval from Tally administration. Um, but we've already figured out in terms of the logistics of how much it's going to cost and how we're going to go about implementing it and um, regulating and um, also, what's the word? I guess managing it um, and collecting the data on it. So I'm very excited, very excited about the. Uh, free menstrual hygiene product initiative. And then also um, at the end of last year, we student government paid for an accessibility button for our suite. Um, there was a lot of debate surrounding that. Um, some people felt there could have been a better use of it at other um, suites in Tally or at other doors in Tally. And, but at the time it was our last meeting. So if we didn't use the money, the money would have been lost for the academic year for our academic or not academic year, the money would have been lost for our budget in that year in terms of the cycle. Um, and so most people felt 
this is a last good project. We're going to buy this accessibility button. And I do honestly think it was a good standard to set. Um, Tally is um, accessibility compliant. So it meets all the rules that it kind of has to at the minimum end. I know that sounds kind of critical or harsh, but I think we could be doing more for the largest institution. Um, and we're not a very accessible campus. You know, bricks are kind of hard to cross, especially if you're going from Centennial to Maine. Um, that's tough for a typical student, um, let alone a student with disabilities. And so um, we are now creating a little team. There's five of us so far in terms of addressing purchasing an additional button for Tally. Um, we are looking at the other suites as well as um, access points that don't have um, accessibility for all students, uh, specifically the door on the Tally Technology Tower. Take the elevator up. You can't enter because there's no um, button. That's what one of the students has identified. Who would you say is the biggest influence on your life and why? Um, I would definitely say my sister. Um, my sister is eight years older than me, and she's always taken care of me. Um, my parents got divorced pretty early, so my sister kind of, not that my parents weren't then like stepped away, but my sister stepped up in a way, and she's the one who helped me with college applications. She's the one who helped me open my first credit card. She's the one who I live with during the summer when I didn't, when I was in residence halls and didn't have um, a home to go home, a home to go home to. So definitely my sister. Um, we talk at least three times a week. Um, I visit her constantly. I'm going to go babysit for her tonight. Um, we are, she's one of my best friends for sure. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about NC State tomorrow, what would it be? Wow. Um, a magic wand, if I could change anything. Um, the biggest problem I see on university campuses as a whole is sexual assault. If I could stop that at NC State with a magic wand, it would absolutely be that. It's the most damaging thing that can happen to a student. Um, and it completely changes their academic career and their experience here at NC State. So sexual assault would end that. Not too long ago, student body president Jackie Gonzalez wrote an op-ed regarding the implications of the word Dixie in the NC State alma mater. What are your thoughts on the implications of the word Dixie in the alma mater or in general? Um, I'll be honest, I hadn't considered the implications prior to Jackie's article. Um, it's still something that I think about just because it's still a conversation that's going on. I think there was an op-ed published even this week about it. I think it's tough. There's, it's a really, it's a tough conversation. I think, um, there are a lot of symbols from our past that uh, remain present and that can be a harmful reminder for some people. Um, whether Dixie is one of those terms for people kind of just is based off their own personal experience. Like I said, I hadn't considered it. Um, I think Jackie brought up a very good conversation. She definitely, I know one of the things has been she was, some people think she was advocating for it to be removed from the alma mater. More so, I think she just wanted people to think about the implication. And I think that's an important first step. Um, as like I mentioned, I hadn't done that. And so now that I have, I've kind of been curious, is this something that bothers people every day at the, or not every day, but every Saturday at Carter Finley when we sing it before a football game or um, Thursdays before the basketball games? Is this something that kind of daunts the students that are present as in attendance or even the students that are about to represent NC State on the field? Um, and if it is, then I think it's a conversation we need to continue to have um, because there are other signs or other symbols of our past that I don't think are 
appropriate in our community. And if Dixie is one that has similar implications, then I agree that it should uh, continue to be looked into. Finally, as a fun question, what's your favorite flavor of Howling Cow ice cream? Uh, my favorite flavor of Howling Cow ice cream is probably butter almond. Um, the one thing I would say, though, this is everyone's gonna get this is what everyone's gonna get mad about is for a while I was vegan, so I didn't get to eat the ice cream, and so I was really upset that we don't have a dairy-free option. Um, just because the period that I was vegan, now going back to dairy can upset my stomach, so it's like tougher for me to uh, enjoy it sometimes. And I think as a a school that you know was kind of based in agriculture, I think we could definitely figure out how to develop like a soy-based ice cream and almond-based ice cream. Um, because even the sorbet has dairy in it, which is kind of sad for all of our lactose intolerant students or students that choose not to consume dairy. Alrighty, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. This week's episode of Dialogue with Technician was written, recorded, and edited by me, Tim Willard. We make Dialogue with Technician in WKNC Recording Studios in Witherspoon Student Center. If you have any questions, criticisms, or praises, let us know by emailing Jonathan Carter, our editor-in-chief, at technician-editor at ncsu.edu. And as always, we'll see you next week.